Greetings from the 7th Level Bardcast Studio. I'm your host, Michael. I'm pulling together a few ideas that I'm calling side notes. It's a chance for me to connect the thoughts that may have escaped me during our main show's discussion. My first objective is an exercise to help me process some of the heady topics that we have covered. My second objective creates the context and presents my background in this narrative. Please enjoy. Today I'm going to cover the behind-the-scenes prep that a GM does before bringing anything to the players. This is the true beginning of the campaign. A campaign is a long-running series of game sessions connected by a story thread in a setting centered around a cast of player characters. The GM will prepare the elements of the world and guide the player characters through the setting with story arcs and NPCs. The question that I want to answer is, how does a GM prepare for a campaign? This can be as simple or as complex as the GM wants the setting world to be. As a GM, my first step has always been to gain buy-in from the players, which I call the game pitch phase. If they are hooked by my simple premise, I can build off of that and add anything they might suggest at that moment. These conversations are usually to offer what system I'm looking to run, what style of game I have. This gives the players the chance to consider what they're going to be designing in their PCs. It also allows me to set a few bullet points for our zero session of the campaign. As part of the game pitch, I place a few systems for them to choose from. It usually leads to a poll of which system is the one that everyone agrees to. With this in mind, the players have already invested their energies into that decision and the game becomes theirs as much as it is mine. A follow-up question to the system is the style of game. I will offer suggestions like the investigation-heavy game or a high-level quest. In my experience, this is also the point where the excitement begins to grow. I have also had a few times where the players offer a few ideas ahead of the zero session about the game. Ideas from the players are crucial for this thought of buy-in. If they have a suggestion, note it and bring it up during the zero session to set it in their PC's background. This plants them firmly in the world. The next phase, which I call the GM style selection, gives the GM a chance to determine what style the game will be run in. After the system and the game style is set, I will examine what kind of GM style will be necessary for the game. In the case of an investigation, I will brush up on the system rules covering investigation mechanics. This will ground the style of the system before the story is constructed around it. While running an investigation, I will shift my GM focus on building a few story hooks around the main story to help provide a few red herring options. Once in place, I'll build the problem slash issue created by the NPCs involved in the event being investigated. I will place a few clues to be found along the way. With these clues, the trail to the NPCs should be clear unless you want a little twist. Be careful with twists. They need to be consistent with all the elements that you introduced. This will make the twist far more impactful. If I want a lot of action in a game, I will prepare for a few low-level encounters for the first few sessions, 
With these conflicts building towards a powerful henchman to the high-level mastermind, it is a moment of rising action in the story, which can be a mark that you have much more planned in the campaign. The signal of this style presents the players that the struggle in the campaign may have a higher price than they expected to pay. Each game style comes with different GM style. I like to add a hint of this as the campaign proceeds. Once these components are settled, the setting needs to be constructed. As I will discuss later, there are a few methods for this, but I like to use a combination of establishing a few solid points in the setting for the players to use as touchstones. The rest of the setting will remain pliable until they explore and interact with it. I have heard that this might fall into the middle of the scale on the philosophy of hard and soft world building. I will go into that in a moment. The first ingredient needs to be the tone. Tone is the feel that each player character will experience in the game world. If it is a dark, noir tone, the players will feel the oppressive nature of the dark and mysterious world around them. Light is something rarely encountered. They must work against this powerful, dark, and oppressive force to find their own positive path or become part of the environment. I have enjoyed creating the tone for a setting with a few pieces from the players during the game pitch phase. It may not always be exactly as they suggested, but I will add a few pieces to the overall tone. I found that tone brings out different qualities of the PCs that connect to it. If the tone is a war-torn world, those PCs with backgrounds affected by the war are brought forward. A violent past or a lost loved one for the PC can come from the ravages of war. My second ingredient becomes the solid history and culture of the surrounding lands where the players will take their characters to explore. In my Five Aces game, I settled the setting in the city of Beacon. It is built on the ruins of a modern city lost in the many conflicts created by governments vying for control of the corporations. The corporations were starting to overwhelm the civil governments. This reconstructed city maintains an opposition to all five of the great corporations and holds them back with its citizenry. In this setting, I was able to set a timeline for the city's history and explain how the various cultures and traditions came together to face off against such powerful entities. This helps me create a foundation that I can explain to the players as they are considering their characters for the game. However, the city's description for each district is left pliable and somewhat vague to allow any GM to step into the city and create something of their own. What comes from this is the first element of the campaign that will lead towards world building. I have discovered the technique of leaving pieces of setting open and pliable for the players to help create or uncover as they wander through it. Zero session can be another point to add to the world during the discussion of the game and the character creation. This leads to the discussion of hard and soft world building. I have only recently come across this term, but it defines the method I have used for all my campaigns going back to the early days. I wanted to have pieces that were solid and set, like a kingdom and its ruler. But the flexible points remain vague and undefined until the PCs interact with them. Perhaps they need the services of a blacksmith or a street contact. I can create one of those for their needs from a list of NPCs. This part of the world becomes part of the solid side as it develops. By definition, 
Hard world building is a setting where most of the foundations are created beforehand, including descriptions of places of interest, various NPCs, the world and its culture. When one thinks about an author using this method, they can easily see that Tolkien established many of the factors of his world before he even started writing the stories of his epic fantasy. Robert Jordan and his Wheel of Time have strong foundations for the story that he created. The stories become the flexible part of the formula. As for soft world building, very few pieces of the setting have been created and it is built as the player characters begin to explore it. This can lead to some very open world development as part of the tone and story element. It's on the players to choose the direction and the GM can create the setting just before each session or during the session as the players decide. This would be a very extreme version of soft world building. This topic will be an in-depth discussion for a future show and will include a few more examples in how to create a setting using these two methods of world building. Lastly, in the player character phase, the GM should prepare for the players and their PCs. No planned campaign will remain the same once the players have entered the story. They will direct it with their actions and turn its direction as they see fit. So, on that note, the last point that I wanted to cover today, as part of my clarifying our discussion about the Zero Session, is the character creation. Most of what we covered in the Zero Session felt to be more focused on the terms of the campaign, including the explanation of the setting, and possible system mechanics alterations. I want to address that character creation needs to bond with these ideals to give the players better connection to this campaign. Let me explain by saying that when you come into a campaign as a player, you're not really actually in the world. Your character will understand it better than you as the player. To offset this, the GM will need to either lay out a great deal of exposition in the zero session or first session, which will slow down the introduction, or the GM will need to provide a vast amount of detail in some simple reference material. The GM may not have time to construct this, but they can provide a few strong points to help build from. One way this can be done by sharing the macro vision of the world to the players with a sprinkling of micro details. For example, you're about to pull a campaign together and the group wants to play a game like Tales from the Loop. You might want to provide high-level vision of the world and the tone of the setting such as. It is a world similar to Earth in the 1980s, except that everyone is aware of the strange alien technology that has crashed to the planet and is starting to influence the world. The government is trying to mask it, but it is escaping into the general populace. Player characters are children between the age of 10 and 15 in a small midwestern town with only one grocery store and a single gas pump in front of it. They stumble across some piece of alien technology and start to have an interaction with it, except no one believes them. Alternate method would be to depend on the game system to provide concrete parts of the setting, while leaving the macro level to be discovered as the players explore. 5th edition D&D offers this foundation via the character creation system in the races, classes, and backgrounds. GM doesn't need to create these details, but how they work in the setting. Perhaps the fighter class is often part of the recognized fighters guild, which has some ties to the local government. There is little need to have too many details into this until the players choose the direction, but a few notes might not hurt. 
In the end, the campaign creation can include as much as you like to create or as little as you believe you will need to run a proper campaign that provides fun for the players. If you and the players are having fun, then you have found the proper balance in your campaign. As you begin to construct your campaign, you will sense what needs details, what you can leave with a few notes. Don't overprep, but never leave yourself hanging. Enjoy this part of the game and give the players what they want. Thanks for joining me here with my side notes. This is your host, Michael. I bid you a farewell from 7th Level Bardcast Studios and encourage you to find your share in narrative with your fellow gamers. This has been a production of 7th Level Bardcast, copyright 2020. Listeners are free to use this episode in any non-commercial endeavor, so long as credit is provided to 7th Level Bardcast. You can find previous shows and resources at 7thlevelbardcast.com. If you wish to support the show, like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcatcher. Music provided by Alexander Nakarada, Scott Buckley, Unwritten Stories, and ESCP.